Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. And as regular listeners of this show are pretty aware, I, I like to consider myself something of a sports historian. Uh, maybe I overrate myself, but a new book has made me fully aware of a chapter of sports history that I knew nothing about, written by the longtime sports writer in the Pacific Northwest, Bill Paler. The book is The Brown Bullet, Rajo Jack's Drive to Integrate auto racing. And as I said, a story I was unaware of, but people should know more about. And Bill Paler joins us now. Bill, thank you for being with us here on The Sporting Life. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks so much. I'm a big fan. Well, well, as I, as I say, when on those rare occasions somebody says such things, you're in a very exclusive club. Um, <laughs> but but with, with Roger Jack, this is something that you've been interested in for a long time, and most people aren't even aware of of who he was. How did you become interested in his story? I read tiny little bits here and there that would mention him. And and there was the curiosity thing of here's this race car driver who got his start. You know, he's a a black race car driver, which you don't see any of, um, you know, especially at that time. And you really didn't when I was growing up. I mean, Willie T. Ribs finally came along and broke the color barrier at Indy. But I was seeing this stuff about, hey, here's this guy who started out racing in Oregon, goes to California in the 1920s. And I'm like, how did this guy do this? I had, you know, I'd see little bits here and there in books and magazines. And I was just so fascinated that eventually, you know, after my dad died, I said, hey, I got to, you know, collect all the all of his research and, and I got to I got to start moving forward. He had so many books that had just little bits that I, I just got, I grew so determined I had to get it done had to tell a story, you know, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let Roger Jack's story just disappear. Who was Dewey Gatson, a.k.a. Roger Jack? Who was he? Where did he come from? Uh, born in Tyler, Texas in 1905 in a very, very poor area. Of, the Rose Capital of the world. Yes. Earl Campbell's hometown. Earl Campbell's hometown, yes. as, as as my friends point out constantly. Um, <laughs> but it was very, it was, it was not the greatest place for for African-Americans at the time, it's still pretty segregated if you go there today. Um, and he, it was, it was pretty, hu- pretty much a humble hometown and there wasn't a whole lot there. And he, and you know, Dewey just desperately wanted to get out of there as soon as he could. He had, he desperately wanted to leave and he left at the age of 15. We're speaking with Bill Paler about his new book about Rajo Jack, who is a pioneer in the integration of auto racing. But it, it, I don't know if that's even really the right way to put it because um, he was so ahead of his time. Um, how, how does he, how does he get into the sport initially? He was, he got into it. It was sort of by accident. He was working for, uh, for Doc Marcel, who was a, a medicine show. He, he, Doc Marcel, he went also went by a bunch of different names. He was a, basically a con man, but he had a medicine show at one time, um, you know, snake oil. But and, and he went to work for him, and Ma- Marcel would pick up these photography assignments to kind of make ends meet between 
you know, medicine shows. And they, one of the photography assignments just ended up being at a race and he went, went to this race and he got, he, and that's where Roger Jack met Joe Jagersberger, who was selling these Ray Joe heads and he started selling them. And at the age of 15 years old, you've got this, you've got this skinny black kid in Oregon selling auto or selling auto parts and selling performance auto parts at in in 1920 you know he he just was an enterprise roger was an enterprising guy and he kind of took his identity from that because he was selling so many and he didn't even really want to drive until he saw barney oldfield and after barney oldfield you know barney oldfield was the he was the dale earnhardt of his of the the early 1900s he decided i'm going to be a race car driver he, he figured out i have to get this i have to do this i have to become a race car driver bill paler's new book is the brown bullet Rajo jack's drive to integrate auto racing and how receptive was the auto racing community as it was at that time to the idea of an african-american driver when it came to the AAA, um, so AAA contest board, it was an offshoot of AAA as we know it today, you know, the same ones that the same organization that's still operating. They had a contest board that they controlled racing, all major races like the Indianapolis 500, for instance, and all the major races. Um, you know, if you date that back to 1910, uh, Barney Oldfield tried to race against Jack Johnson, the boxer, the heavyweight, the first African-American heavyweight champion. And he, and in that race, uh, when when that came out, um, the AAA said, "No, you can't race against Barney Oldfield. No, you can't race against a black man." It was it, they were they forbade it, and after that, that set the precedent. And then every time Roger Jack would try to enter a AAA race, they'd turn him down. He sent in, in entry forms into the Indy 500 for years, for decades, for over a decade, and. They just sent it back. They would not accept it. So he had to go race on these outlaw circuits, which, you know, they, they these outlaw circuits, some of them were really terrible, but some of them, you know, were, were actually of a decent quality. And he did it as well. He, he, he just had to race. So he, he'd race wherever he could. What do we know about how good he was? <laughs> he won a lot of races. Uh, and he won a lot of races against a lot of really good drivers. Um, you look through the guys that, that he raced against, uh, that I, guys like Bill Cummins, uh, you know, uh, guys like, um, yeah, well, Fred Frame, for instance, guys like uh, George Robson, they all won the Indianapolis 500, and Roger Jack beat them regularly. So if you just want to base it on that, I think Roger Jack was, was if we look at look through that lens, he was he was a legit driver. He could do the job. And back then, especially, you had to be fearless. Maybe even uh, in possession of a kind of death wish yeah. to be racing these kinds of vehicles under those circumstances with that kind of safety right. gear. What what safety gear? Right. Right. There wasn't anything. We're speaking with Bill Paler. His book is The Brown Bullet: Rajo Jack's Drive to Integrate auto racing and it is a fascinating story and i'm fascinated as well by your uh your desire uh almost um your preoccupation with telling his story which which has been largely forgotten he's been honored over the years he's a member of a number of halls of fame but but why isn't rajo jack somebody who uh is more celebrated than he has been i think he was mostly forgotten by history because they he was not, he never reached the pinnacle. So, you know, you could say 
you know, Jackie Robinson reached the pinnacle. He did all this. He, you know, he, he was the guy to, to, to bridge that divide. You know, Roger Jack never got that opportunity. And there were, there were chances in there. He had worked up deals like with Eddie Anderson, you know, Rochester from the Jack Benny show that he could have, you know, at least gotten India's mechanic. If he had, he just never quite got that. He got the national attention, but he, ne- but for, because he never competed at the highest level, people just kind of forgot about who he was. And, per, and for, I, you'd see little bits here and there where he'd get the, you know, there'd be a story about say Bill Lester, the NASCAR driver, and there'd be a mention of Rajo Jack DeSoda. You know, they'd use some of his fake, all of his fake names, and there'd be, you know, if you look at Arthur Ashe's book about the history of of uh, his history of African-American sports. He doesn't even get the, any of Roger Jack's names correct. I mean, not his real name, not Roger Jack, none of that. So he was pretty much just forgotten, which is just kind of tragic because this guy did so much and he did so well for so long. But, you know, he, I, I couldn't let that let it go away. I couldn't let it disappear. I, could, I had to do something. What does it say? What kind of a man must he have been to accept the challenge of surmounting all of these obstacles, of fighting against a system that was designed to discourage him, to keep him excluded, to keep trying, to compete in this sport in which um, he he was afforded so little opportunity. I don't think he even viewed himself as you know, a pioneer, or whatever. He just wanted to drive race cars. He he was a he was a gregarious guy. He'd joke around with everybody else. I mean, you you can he he was best. I, let's face it, his best friend was Bud Rose for a lot of years. You know, white, young, a much younger white race car driver who who came from a fairly affluent family. Roger Jack could get along with any of those guys, and he did. Um, you know. You, George Robson, he'd he'd go, you know, they they'd hang around together. Kelly Patillo, the worst person to ever win the Indianapolis 500. Roger Jack was still great friends with him for years and years and years, and they'd go and hang out together. He could he got along with everybody. He just wanted to be friends, and he just wanted to comp- you know he wanted to compete on the track against these guys. I don't think he ever saw himself as a trailblazer. I think he just saw himself as. You know, he wanted to be a race car driver, which a lot of us just want to be a race car driver. You know, he it just so happened that in his case, he had the he was born African-American and it was it was that much tougher for him to do it. He was also blind in one eye. Yeah, he lost it in a race uh, in in a motorcycle race, of all things, Um, promoted by J.C. Agajani. And he got he lost that eye. And he had to have, and he had a choice. He could have had, he could have just kept it and, and, you know, wore a patch or whatever, but instead he, he, he said, no, take it. He wouldn't have been able to race again. So he said, take it out. I'll take a glass eye. If it means I get, if I get to, I get to race again. So he had it take, he had that eye taken out. And then three months later, he wins one of the biggest races of, of actually it was well one of the biggest races in the nation in 1940. It was he he just wouldn't he wouldn't stop. He couldn't let himself stop racing. A remarkable story about a remarkable athlete who was a pioneer. His story largely forgotten, told now in a new book by Bill Paler, The Brown Bullet: Rajo Jack's Drive to Integrate Auto Racing. Really uh, remarkable stuff. Bill, thanks so much for writing this book. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was great. It was, it's a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. I'm Jeremy Schapp.
And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.